Welcome to the Clearly Podcast. My name's Andy Clark. I'm Shailen Judasama. And I'm Tom Goff. Hello, people. How are we today? Yeah, very good, thanks. A bit chilly over here, though. Yeah, I know. It's actually, well, it's, it's stormy day um, in Houston today. We've got adverse weather warnings. The uh, the November Power BI user group, we've had to cancel it today due Ooh. to weather risk. Yeah. Oh, no. In Houston, when the weather gets really, really bad, it gets really, really bad mm-hmm. with torrential rain and thunderstorms and everything. So uh, everybody's sheltering at home today. Wow. No, so, Shailen, I can see I can see you've been traveling this week and taking photographs of KPIs in airports. Yes. A real KPI. And that was me. Yes, I did take a picture. Um, not sure if I was allowed to take a picture. You know, in the that security. Well, you did. Well, it's it's in an open it. public place, isn't it? Yeah, just before security. But the KPIs, yeah, yeah, I I didn't know they had KPIs like that. How many trays? You know, the average wait time, and no wonder it wasn't working because the average wait time was something like twenty-five minutes. If your um your your case um went you know did other bit and was was searched. Yeah, um, but there were people near enough about to miss their flights, and then they had to put on more people. And so instead of the one person checking their their cases on one of them, um, two others appeared from somewhere else. No idea where, but somewhere else. Probably T. No, I won't be bad. I won't be bad. I won't say anything negative. But two other people appeared, and then someone else. Crazy times at the airport. Yeah, crazy times. But those KPIs. Um, yeah, so those KPIs, that's, those are the KPIs they have. I think we should create a dashboard actually, and present it um, to them. just just for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm. Uh, yeah, because what I'm worried about with these people, Segway coming, is is their data lake becoming a swamp? Mm. Mm, yeah. Do you like the way I wove yeah, that in yeah, yeah. seamlessly? Yeah. Nobody will ever notice. Nothing contrived so in this at all. <laughs> so today's topic of conversation is, is your data lake becoming a swamp? And do you know what I say? Why shouldn't it? Storage is cheap. It's almost free these days. So why don't you just go and throw in everything you've got? And actually, if, you, if, if you're not sure if you're throwing it in once, throw it again, over and over again. Just chuck everything in there and hope for the best. Isn't that how data lakes are meant to work, Tom Goff? I wouldn't say meant to. It's how they often do in reality, um, and that that is that point where um, if you do start chucking everything in willy nilly, you're going to end up getting yourself into some sort of a mess. Now, yeah, the argument is that that's that's you... because you said willy nilly. <laughs> I mean. The, but you're you're right though. The argument is that storage is so cheap that you can just put anything and everything in there. Um, and you know the the one of the advantages of data lakes is that you can actually hold on to a lot more data, and you don't need to be as selective about what you're holding on to. Which has, it's got a great advantage for the future. If you're not sure if you're going to use some data for later analysis, then yes, yeah, stick it in the data lake deal with it later pick it up when you come to actually have an idea of what you want to do with it 
the problem comes when there is no process or control or any kind of curation on that data lake. So if you're just chucking stuff in, you're not worried about whether the data that's going in is any good, whether it is going in multiple times, how it's being stored, where it's being stored, the, you get to the point that when you do come to use something that you grabbed some time ago, thinking that it might be useful down the line, and you come to actually use it, you find out that either you don't know where in the data lake that data is, or you find several versions of that data across different bits of the data lake that don't match up with each other. Or the other option is that you might find that you've grabbed all this data and it turns out to be absolute rubbish. So you, you end up not being able to actually use it sensibly anyway. So the, And this is what we mean by your data lake becoming a swamp. Now, it's not a problem of storing a lot of stuff, but it's still having that control over what you're doing, even if you are going to store everything. Um, but also thinking about how you structure things further down the line. Um, and if you're going into sort of a medallion lake house architecture, that's possibly a topic that we can cover in the future as well. That you've sort of taken your sort of ingestion layer, but controlling that and cataloging what's in your ingestion layer. Um, taking that further down the line into so that that silver layer of the medallion architecture where you've deduplicated it, you've cleaned it up, you've done some initial enrichment and onwards into your gold layer to uh, actually structure that for analysis. But in that sort of initial bronze layer, you can still store everything as long as you've got a control over what's going in, that you've got a catalog of what is actually there and that you've got some understanding of the quality problems that you have in all that data. So, Shailen, you know, for those organisations just throwing in data willy-nilly, Oh. Um, for those organizations just throwing in data what are the ramifications well i was, I was going to say if you're storing data in the cloud um and you let's say you have less control rather than having physical servers that you can allocate more space to then they've kind of you know when you look at the cloud vendors um they've got you by and grabbed you by the Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Right? So, <laughs> but they have, because let's go back a few years, quite a few years. We all know we can go back quite a few years, all three of us. If you had a physical server, a file storage server somewhere, and you said, okay, I'm going to store information on this server, and you carry on storing information. Now, if you keep an doubling up and duplicating data um, information there and you know creating let's say new folders and adding more storage if you requested more space on that machine or on that physical server the first thing would be how did we fill it up so quickly how did we get to 100 gig or 500 gig or a terabyte or whatever it was back in the day and the first 40, thing would be 40 meg back in the day wasn't it yeah come on <laughs> Yeah, I, it was 40 meg, actually. I'm, I'm trying to remember my first, the hard drive. I think it might have been 40 meg. Um, memory of 640k. Yeah. So, wow. um, and now that was a PC. But 
absolutely you know they would the first question would be how do we fill it up so quickly and so we're, we're, this is just a storage angle and we need to clean it up before we start just adding another disk because disk was expensive yep so adding another disk or adding another to the array because even more expensive um or a secondary server somewhere um so you know and other technologies came out and it became cheaper and cheaper and and you can add more and more but so storage is probably now not the issue yeah because if you need more um space it's as easy as just saying here slide you know um the just just move the slider a bit more and add more and yes instead of that much a month it's going to be this much a month yeah now. but i mean that that in itself can be a case of boiling the frog though can't it because you're going up by a couple of dollars a month but after hundreds of months that suddenly turns into i mean if, if you think about yeah if you if you add five dollars a month every month yep your cost goes up by by the end of one year, you're sixty dollars more expensive the, a month than you were, which it adds up really quickly. It does add up really quickly, absolutely. Because then, but 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 the you know organisations now, um, I wouldn't say they're used to it. No, no, they're not. Because initially they would have estimated, well, this is how much is going to cost a month for all of this, you know, cloud compute, right? So you've got cloud storage, um, and then very quickly it goes up. We actually developed the Power BI dashboard for overall consumption and storage on the whole estate and there were some shocking alarm alarming figures there um, because people kept on spinning up new resources and not switching them off and not turning them down and it just the the cost kept on going up and up you know every single month but coming back to the storage point storage is one aspect right so you can easily turn that dial and say right we need some more storage but it's the but it's the the data part that's the the other important part. The data part being, if you keep on, you mentioned earlier, Andy, about duplication of data. We have a, a very similar um, scenario. Um, I say, you know, within a large organisation, they duplicate data all of the time. Now, where which one's correct? Which one, if we go back to the the terms of master record? or record you know um, uh, management which one's the correct one now you know and should you use this version this month or this month now and should you duplicate it or should you actually just go back to this is the golden records yeah um, and adding more data into your data lake um, can very easily turn out to be a swamp because there's no quality control before adding the data um, or, as you say, um, Tom, it's not, let's say, curated, but people just keep on adding to it. But then when you think about from a user perspective, um, if you're adding more information and saying, right, here you go, we provided you, and the IT department, we provided you with a facility, with all the information you'd ever need, go and produce whatever you wanted to. Self-service reporting. Which version should I use? <laughs> should it be last month's one or this month's one or should it be this version of it um, and then all of a sudden going back to things like excel multiple versions which one's the correct one that's where people or organizations will end up so i guess that all begs two questions so the first question is one once you're there how do you stop it um and then how do you fix it um 
and then the other main question is how do you stop yourself getting there in the first place so let's start with the first aspect of that is you know is 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 fixing it once you're in a mess tom yeah um i mean actually i think that the first step of fixing it is to address the second question which is how do you stop yourself getting there um because fixing it is all well and good but unless you have a process to stop yourself getting there then you fix it and you know you you may drain the swamp once as it were but that swamp will fill up again so you you need to actually put in the mechanisms to prevent it first of all and i mean things that you need to do there it most of it is really around process and actually setting a, a process where you've got some sort of a gateway of you've got to go through a number of steps to um, accredit this data to go into your data lake that you then need to document properly where in the data lake that's going where it is to be stored what container where in the folder structure what format is it going to live in um it's not strictly it's not really a data dictionary but it's um you need to be building that artifact to describe what you're actually storing in that data lake so that you can actually understand what's there now once you're in that mess you need to then start understanding what elements of it are relevant and things that you actually need actually want to keep what is of good quality what is of poor quality and start once you've got that process in place to prevent yourself getting back into that same situation to start then cleaning up the the bad stuff throwing out the duplicate copies throwing out the versions that are not in the bit of the data lake that they're supposed to be throwing out the stuff that you know to be of such poor quality you can never deal with it and it it will never be meaningful Uh, and that's an iterative process over a long period of time potentially depending on how bad things have got but there's no point starting any of that process until such time as you've got a process in place to actually have a gatekeeper to that so maybe you even need to appoint somebody within the organization as your data steward who has control over what is going into that data lake and can say no that data set doesn't go in that data set does you've got to have somebody policing that process properly and somebody you can actually stamp on it to say no you can't just do it and have those controls to stop people just going off and doing what they feel like so not just a so sorry, willy-nilly a person. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry about the drum roll. <laughs> so, but and to that point, though, it feels like there's a big change in culture and ideology around data that's required because if we're all used to having, quote-unquote, unlimited, it's always limited, but quote-unquote, unlimited data, we've got to deprogram ourselves from that and start thinking about almost rationing the amount of space we've got for data to get back to that attitude when we have 40 megs. And we only had a certain amount of space to fill. Therefore, we we learned to focus on what was important and what was correct rather than just chucking everything in and hoping for the best. So that feels like a a hell of a cultural transformation to go through. There's a, a, I agree. And there's a governance aspect as well, as Tom, you were mentioning there. Yeah. Because when you think about governance of an environment is more than just, okay, you know, there's the, the, the amount of data, it's the type of data right, that you're storing. Are you storing information that has a, a retention period? 
right? So, and then, and then, so you need to think about things like data retention. You need to think about policies that you put in place. And these are not, you know, the technology can help us. So within data, you know, within the Power Platform, there are things that can help us. Within Azure, there are things that can help us. Um, but um, these are more organizational wide, right? And from an organization perspective, you need to think about policies. Um, and we, we help, you know, organizations um, create policies. Um, so things like data loss po um, policies, things like um, retention policies, you know, um, and data governance, who owns the data? You know, so if it comes from an application, but then it comes into a, a lake, a data lake, then who, who, who does that um, kind of responsibility sit with? You know, is it once it's in the lake or is it from the application itself? Um, and yeah, there are various conversations that organizations will have, you know, but no, it should be that person, it should be that person. So there, there's a wider aspect here as well. And that um, wider piece is, you organizations could take on this you know the approach of we have a central environment our, our data lake it's um, conformed and it can be used by the business um, let's remove things because we know people aren't using it we'll remove it and if they ask for it that's when we'll put it back in but then we'll go through a process to put it back in yeah, so coming back to your other, your first or your second point now, Andy, about how to, let's say, clean up. Yeah, what if you have a lot of information there? It's exactly that. How we to clean up our hard drives? You know, you go through and say, well, I don't really need that. Why, why have I got that? I'll archive it. So, and I know we've spoken about storage is cheap. So, because storage is cheap, you could archive it, and then bring it back in if required. Yeah. You know, we've all worked with people, and I remember um, an individual who said, right, we're going to remove everything. And if they ask, then we'll ask why they need it and what they need it for, and then we'll put it back in again. And nine, nine you know, it was about 90%. Nobody asked. Yeah, they just didn't use it. So we just sat there. Yeah. And yes, you can do things like um, looking at last time it was open, last time a report was used, or last time the data was accessed, um, number of users that um, you know frequently access information. All of those stats are available. Um, stats like you know how many trays per hour, you know all those all those stats are available. All those important things. All those important things are airport security mm. as well. So you know, those important stats are available. Um, but it's big, the quality, you know, and the, yeah, obviously, you know, quality is better than quantity in this one. And that's exactly where, from an exec perspective, that's what they want to see. Is it the right measure? And is it telling them something that they can make a decision with or can change? Yeah. So, and it's uh, going back to the, you know, when you talk about dashboarding, exception reporting and so why focus on what's good when you should really focus on what's not so good that you can you can address and you can do something with is there a significant cost to the infrastructure to go and manage all of this because you know what you've talked through is you know and i'm playing devil's advocate now 
Sounds like it could potentially be a number of bodies to go and manage this and monitor it. And the question inevitably is going to be is, what's the value to the business? Um, are they bringing in revenue for this? It's just a cost. You know, is it cheaper in the long run just to let everybody chuck it in and sort it out? And then the odd time there's an issue, there's old data, then they deal with it at the time. I would say it's cheaper to go the other way and actually spend the money now on dealing with your problems because it's one of those things that you know you say oh it will take a number of people so we'll we'll have to spend on a higher headcount to actually manage a process around this which is certainly true however that headcount subsequently saves people time in looking for data because the if you've managed that process, people will know where to find the right data that they want to work with. So they won't spend time going hunting for something that may or may not be there or going off in the wrong direction. Um, but also probably more significantly is if somebody starts making decisions of horribly wrong data or out-of-date data, you could destroy your entire business as a result because you could make decisions so bad that you end up bankrupting yourself. So if, you, if you've got a project that you're working off some bad data with and it looks like that project is super profitable and you throw all your investment behind it, but it turns out that data was really bad and actually you were just hemorrhaging money through that project, you can actually bankrupt yourself on it. And these things, are, bad decisions have been made off the basis of bad data that have really caused harm to companies so it is actually really important that you're making your decisions on the basis of good quality data and the right data rather than the risk of making a decision of something that is just horribly out of date or horribly wrong and um, you can get into a complete mess just to... so so your response is, is risk risk mitigation it's a, it's a big part of it. I that's, think. that's, you know. Yeah. Um, I say it's not just risk mitigation. It is simply if you've got 10 copies of a piece of data and you've been asked to do some analysis on it, you're going to spend the first two or three days potentially trying to figure out which is the best quality data set out of those 10. Whereas if you have one copy, you're straight into it. You know, that those days are, are days that you're not getting back. Now, if you've got a team of analysts all hitting that same problem, that cost very quickly mounts up. Every time they're being asked to do something, most of the task is working out what data is actually any good to use. And that's a that's a really bad position to get into. So Shailen, you know, for anybody out there listening to this and having the concern that their data lake is becoming a swamp, what should they do immediately? Well, going back, first of all, before it, you know, say before it gets to that point, make sure the foundations are correct. Make sure the technology part, the tool set, but also people within the organization. Right, that's it's an important part. You know, owners defined. Yeah, so who is that person that looks after data protection? Who is a person that looks after um, information? You know, information officers. Um, and just as a point here, sorry, Shailen, to jump in there and sort of building on the point I was making to Andy there is some of these offices are not optional to have in some jurisdictions. There is a legal requirement in the UK to have 
somebody responsible for data protection and things. So it's, it's not like you're having to employ somebody new to do it. You already have to have them. Yeah, you have your DPO. Mm. Yeah, and um, but they, they so these roles should be in place before you get to that point of, well, there's so much information. Where do I start? Because what happens is if they're appointed after, yeah, and then they try to retrospectively fix, they have no idea where to start in this swamp. Where do you start? You're in a swamp now. Yeah, how do you get to it? <laughs> what's what's correct? What's right? Yeah. Um, and I'd call that person swampy as well. The person responsible for doing <laughs> yeah. it there. Yeah. They're yeah. swampy. Get, get yourself going for a beer with swampy. Get yourself one swampy. of those fam, going to lunch. Yeah. Get one of those fan boats like they have in uh, Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, Come on, swampy. Get on with them. And and you know what springs to mind normally what springs to mind is okay but there you know people listening may think okay hey, large organisations yeah of course if you're in the if you're in public sector yes you need this if you're in defence you need this if you're in um, insurance you need this no you need it all organisations because if you hold information and any other information about external or even internal information you have to make sure that that information is protected. And um, so all organizations, this applies to everybody. And so, so going back, so how, how, yeah, so how would you clean it? So it's making sure the foundations are correct. I think that was the point. So making sure the foundations are correct um, and more around the people and the processes and then the, the technical angle as well. Okay, so there are lots of tools that can help you from a technology perspective. Um, now, other things that I have seen, and we've, we've all probably seen, are where it hasn't been defined and the foundation isn't correct and people don't want to take accountability or responsibility. I have physically heard and seen, you know, during meetings, they don't want to take accountability and that you oppose it. And you're there as that third party, just kind of going back in your chair and going, I wish I wasn't here. Mm. You know, yeah, because <laughs> you should have had that discussion internally before. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but then others, but there's, there's, you know, one thing that we should respect is people do have roles and do have their day roles and they do have their, you know, their um uh, objective set and they have the employment contracts and if it doesn't state they're supposed to do this then you can't expect to just turn up to a meeting and say oh now you own this you know there there has to be a certain element around objectives and what they're accountable for um, but going back to uh, one one thing that came to mind was the number of times that you may have presented and people say this is a prototype it's a prototype. So if it's a prototype, here we go. We've got this fantastic data lake. Just use some data in there and prototype it. Make it look good. Everyone makes it look good, yeah, especially in our industry. Um, but within this, you know, the data analytics space, we make it look good. We make it look presentable. It's professional. It looks wow. They've never seen anything like this before. And then you then you present to a board or an exec um, committee. And what's the first thing they do? They look at it and say, those numbers don't make sense to me. Yeah, no, no, that number's wrong. No, no, we didn't do that last year. No, it was we, our, our FT wasn't that. Yeah, but but that's just it's just dummy data. No, but it wasn't that. They can't get past that point. Yeah, and so they start analysing the numbers, even though it's presented as this is a proof of concept, this is a prototype. So I think numbers need to be accurate. 
and, and yeah. accuracy means quality right so the quality of data not just throw everything in there yeah no really really important stuff all right to round things up we're around 30 minutes now so tom words of advice for long-term data lake health uh get your process right first before you start doing anything else um because if you if you've got the process right don't worry about the technology initially work out what your process is going to be for controlling that data same as if the if the data was going to be really expensive to store treat it all the same way okay it's cheap to store so you can store more of it but it doesn't mean you get away from having that process around it and once you've got that process that will drive what the technology will be yeah shailen long-term advice long-term advice would be i'd say i would say around um people and processes and the foundation but also make sure there's consistency and buy-in from the business you know um, because we've seen a number of times technical teams will deploy software tom yeah <laughs> we'll de we'll deploy something and um and then all of a sudden think this is great and it takes off and people start using it but they deploy it without the business buy-in right or any ownership um because it's a new piece of tech right we like that but yeah so make make sure the foundations are correct yeah and i think for me on top of all of that is just making sure that you know you're working hard and keep on working hard so having a really healthy data culture within the organization mm -hmm. where people respect and value and you know they're making sure that you know just by out of habit that they're not putting in duplicate data or they're being lazy with storage. Yeah. Ah, that's been useful. Now, what are we going to do next week? I think we're talking about doing a how to migrate to the cloud. Oh, I like that. I think that so was what we're migrate thinking what, of. what from what? Uh, SQL, data. SQL on-prem, but, you know, the to maybe SQL Cloud, but also we could think about the, the on-prem data storage to cloud data storage is, uh, is probably the topic in its broadest form. Yeah. Yeah. SQL is okay. a good it. example as well. Would, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, we know it. Yeah. Well, intimately. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's been, that's been fantastic. Well, look, well, thank you for um, getting willy-nilly in there repeatedly. <laughs> um, and until <laughs> next week, um, wrap up warm and have a good week. Cheers, Andy. Thanks a lot. Thanks.